Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest is Dale Falwell, the state treasurer of the state of North Carolina. He's been in that office since 2016. Uh, Dale, we usually talk a little bit about uh, each time you're on the program, we usually talk a little bit about fighting fraud, because fraud, of course, steals from the honest people, and and, uh, someone has to pay the price of it. And so fighting it and keeping it to a minimum is uh, a real uh, obligation and an opportunity. So tell us where we stand in uh, uh, your efforts to protect the pension plan and the disability overpayments. Well, I'd be glad to. And, uh, you know, it, it's sad that in 2023 that the, the audacity of, uh, of fraudsters or burglars, uh, whether it's in our neighborhoods or in a shopping center parking lot or uh, through the financial markets, is at, a, is, at a, is at a fever pitch. And at the treasurer's office, we focus on the number one. Uh, when you manage a quarter of a trillion, that's $249 billion, uh, people's eyes kind of glaze over. So we've kind of created a culture of, of common sense and conservatism where we focus on one. Uh, if there's if there's one uh, uh, hole in our systems that would allow somebody to fraud us in any way, shape, or form, you know, that's one too many. Uh, and uh, we focus on all kinds of things. We have a piece of legislation coming through this year. For example, uh, Don, I think it's maybe hard for even you to believe we have one million people on this pension plan now. One million. Uh, so that's one out of 10 adult North Carolinians. And my point of telling that to your listeners is that when you have one out of 10 of anything, especially with one of the fastest growing states in the country that are participants in your pension plan, mistakes happen. Uh, And uh, sometimes those mistakes result in us overpaying somebody. And sometimes they result in us underpaying somebody. And so our, my philosophy as the person that makes these decisions is that this is not specific to fraud, but is that when we underpay somebody, we pay them immediately, period, in the discussion as quickly as we can get the check out the door. If we overpay somebody, we try to be as compassionate as we possibly can and, and stretch the repayment of those things back over a very, uh, you know, a shorter period of time. Uh, but, you know, fraud is a big, is a big deal in terms of uh, the financial markets are concerned. Uh, people uh, sending me emails to tell me that you're in jail, Don, which is not beyond reason, uh, but, I don't think I'd be the first person that you would call if you were in jail and say, Don Curtis is in jail. Would you please wire $2,000? And uh, I uh, would obviously do that if I thought that was accurate. (laughs) But, uh, you know, people send me emails that the governor's in jail and I need to cut a check off the treasurer's office to, you know, to get him out. Uh, You cannot believe how sophisticated this fraud has gotten. I heard from a uh, former const- uh, a constituent back in Winston-Salem, North Carolina this week who just got frauded out of $34,000 because they had hacked into the brokerage, the real estate brokerage account. They had hacked into the lawyer's uh, trustee account and they had uh, 
sent instructions to this individual to wire $34,000. And uh, everything was on the exact same letterhead as everything this person had been receiving before. And they wired the money and it was all fraud. So uh, all of your listeners need to be on the lookout for fraud. Uh, and starting with uh, just putting checks in your mailbox. Uh, my best friend in life, uh, we've known each other since we were nine years old. He's a plumber. Uh, he just got whitewashed for $5,000, Don, uh, where somebody took a check uh, that he had written to Ferguson he, uh, you know, Plumbing Supply in Winston-Salem or one of the plumbing supply houses there, Murray Supply. And uh, they had changed the name. It looks so official uh, and cashed the check. And this is another opportunity for me to tell you, Don, that uh, somebody that never gets talked about very much in our whole world are bank tellers. Uh, it's, it's, it's unimaginable to me if the truth were really known about the amount of fraud and elder abuse that bank tellers prevent simply because they've got great intuition and because they care about people. Uh, you know, I received the uh, Sunshine Award last year uh, from the press organization about open government. And, you know, I didn't receive the Sunshine Award based on my personality. I, I received it because of the work that we did at the treasurer's office to expose some of the fraud that was going on with the HOPE program that was supposed to be matching people who couldn't pay their mortgages because they couldn't work uh, with their landlords. And uh, there's all kinds of fraud going on, but I want to go back and talk about bank tellers. Uh, they do so much to ask a question, especially when they see somebody who's been coming into their bank for years by themselves. And all of a sudden they come in with somebody that, uh, that doesn't, uh, uh, that they not accustomed to seeing with this individual and they bank tellers really stop a lot of fraud that they never get credit for. Well, that's, I'm sure that's, uh, a, uh, statement that, uh, we probably have not heard before and I appreciate you bringing that to our attention. And perhaps the next time we go in the banks, we may need to take a moment and thank the tellers and say, I understand that uh, from the state treasurer that you and your uh, cohorts have uh, uh, are sort of a first line against uh, fraud, especially at the bank level. And that's great. Uh, you, know, so, you know, most often we're asking them for a green sucker or for a, a treat for our dog. <laughs> that might be in the car, uh, maybe it's time that we brought them a little treat. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Let's talk a little bit about the state bond rating because that has always been a, a source of pride for North Carolina. Our bond rating is, is such that it saves us a lot of money when we do borrow money. Uh, and uh, during this period of time where we're seeing interest rates rise, this is even more important. So where do we stand with our state bond rating? Our bond rating remains a triple, triple A. That means that all three rating agencies, which is Standard and Poor's, Fitch's and Moody's, have all ranked us as number one in, in bond rating. And uh, it's a sign of quality. Uh, and I say this as elegantly as I can, Don, but if any of your listeners are waking up thinking about bond ratings, uh, they need to get a life <laughs> and listen to some of the great music on your on your and other kinds of programs. but. To put this in some kind of context, uh, 
a sanitation grade at a restaurant to your viewer, to your listener, or a credit score to them is a, individually is the same thing as a bond rating to me. It's a sign of quality. The higher your grade, the higher your quality, and the lower the interest rate you have to pay. But as I said earlier in the previous segment, we're not actually issuing any debt. We're retiring debt, uh, which is even making our bond rating even stronger. So it's kind of a it's a fantastic thing that's, got, that's going on. And it's the reason that NC stands for nothing compares. Uh, but it's a sign of quality. Uh, we're very proud of our AAA bond rating. Uh, but I'll also tell you that there are things that are uh, finding their way into uh, some of these bond ratings that I'm not very comfortable with nor happy about, and that is some of these uh, ESG policies. Uh, I I think it's unfair, simply unfair. Uh, explain what an ESG policy is. Yeah, uh, ESG stands for Environmental Social Governance. Uh, I think in this inflationary period, it should stand for energy independence and safe neighborhoods and good government. But uh, these ESG policies are, have not only impacted our, our pension plan, we don't have any ESG policies in North Carolina pension system. And we've, we vote all of our shares in a way that represent the culture of our state. Uh, but these ESG policies, Don, are also finding their way through the banking system in terms of bank underwriting. And they're also finding their way into some of the local governments who are struggling just to make their pension and and healthcare payments on behalf of their public service workers, and all the while trying to keep their water and sewer systems going. You know, sometimes these rating agencies will send them a questionnaire uh, when they're simply struggling to pay their bills, and they ask them, how many electric vehicles do they have? You know, what is their plan for replacing all their vehicles with electric vehicles? And, you know, there may be a time and a place economically for that, uh, but for many of our struggling towns and communities, water and sewer districts, especially when you have some of these counties that have a high proportion of low income individuals in them, uh, asking them how many electric vehicles they have is, is, is not the right question at this point in time, especially with inflation being as uh, wild as it real as it is. Well, you mentioned uh, 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 because you also have the local government commission. And uh, we have, of course, in North Carolina, a number of very prosperous towns and areas, but we also have a number of areas where the economics are not good, and uh, we have to handle that as well. Well, you're exactly right. And uh, I was talking to Gastonia this morning uh, to a Rotary Club, and uh, last a week ago tonight, I was the keynote speak. I was the commencement speaker at Cleveland County Community College uh, down in Shelby, North Carolina. So uh, these issues that we're facing are, are all over the state. Uh, you know, down in the West, it's the little town, it's the town of Kingstown that we've had to take over and Cliffside Sanitary Water and Sewer District. Uh, to the east of 95, we've taken over about eight, eight different towns. A lot of them are really struggling. And uh, last year, your listeners may remember, we dechartered East Larnberg because they had not consistently produced an audit for nearly 10 years. So they've been collecting property taxes, but not consistently producing an audit. And that's a very serious matter. Well, uh, and as you said, many of these uh, suffer from the fact that they are in economically depressed areas and uh, 
probably will remain that way just because of the geographic areas they're, they're in. Uh, we have some haves and have-nots. The, the Piedmont Crescent running from Raleigh through Greensboro and down to Charlotte, very prosperous and uh, easy for government to, to uh, look for long-range planning. But uh, as you said, some of these smaller communities, long-range planning is actually tomorrow. Right. And some of these communities are depopulating. And, uh, you know, I'm a motorcyclist. I'm not a golfer. So I forgive me in advance to your listeners. But, you know, we got some small communities that are shooting under par, you know, based on the real challenges of the depopulation of their areas. The fact that banks have pulled out or uh, their, their hospitals have been closed by the major hospitals. They're actually doing better than they should be doing. And we've got some larger communities that are shooting over par uh, who have not put money aside for their unfunded health care and pension liabilities. Uh, they don't have the quite the reserve balance that, that I think they should have, given where we are with this economic prosperity. And, and more importantly, with some of these larger communities like Guilford County, uh, they're trying to issue a school bond that is going to be in excess of the entire amount of state debt outstanding and general obligation debt. I mean, a county, one county issuing an amount of school bonds larger than the all the state general obligation debt that's outstanding. That's the concern I have, even in the urban areas. That uh, has to be a great concern because uh, every time you borrow some money, you've got a plan to pay it back, unfortunately. Well, you know, there's an old saying that you're more Shakespearean than I am, that uh, those who pay, those who take what isn't, doesn't, must pay it back or go to prison. And unfortunately, and I know your listeners don't think about this, but there's only three ways to pay back debt. One is to pay it back, one is to default on it, and one is to inflate it away. And that's what ha- that's what's happening right now to the cost of debt. It's being inflated away through inflation. Our guest is Dale Falwell, the state treasurer of the state of North Carolina. We have one final segment coming up, and we'll get into that right after we take time out for these messages. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo GOAT, G-O-A-T, acronym, stands for greatest of all time. As in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org 
Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers with our guest, the treasurer of the state of North Carolina, Dale Falwell, and we've talked about a number of things, including the state health plan. Uh, We spent the first segment talking about that. If you missed the first segment, you can go online to Carolina Newsmakers and hear that broadcast, but it's very interesting and a lot of new information there. We also have talked about the the, uh, the cause of, uh, or the effects actually on the state uh, finances due to inflation and the recession. Uh, We've even talked about the first citizen acquisition of Silicon Valley Bank. So we've talked about a number of things. And we've spent some time talking about the local government commission and the fact that some of our cities uh, are, are, are having some problems. And that is a part of what we have to deal with these days. Let's talk a little bit, uh, Dale, about uh, some other issues that you've got on your list. First of all, I guess I probably ought to ask you, what have we not covered that you would like to talk about? Well, it's always important to talk about uh, uh, nccash.com uh, and uh, it's uh, the $248 billion that we manage. A billion of that is something called nccash.com. Uh, that's the escheats division. But if you used to stutter, you shouldn't say that word too often in, in, a, in an afternoon. Uh, but it's simply for your listeners. Uh, it's where somebody tried to send them a check that they either did not receive or did not cash. Eventually, it has to be sent to the state treasurer's office. There's $1 billion, that's right, you heard it right, $1 billion sitting at nccash.com. Uh, thanks to programming like yours, we've been able, we've smashed all records this year, paying out over $120 million uh, out of nccash.com. And uh, we're excited about that. But And every time that I do newsmakers, <laughs> We can literally see the spike in our traffic uh, because of people hearing about nccash.com on your this format and then going to our website. Uh, I've been told often that I have a face for radio. So if your listeners go to nccash.com, uh, if they don't see someone who looks like Adele Falwell, the state treasurer in North Carolina, they're, at, they're probably at a website that's going to try to charge them. There's four things to remember. One is the money stays there forever. Number two, every state has the equivalent of nccash.com. Number three, there is no charge to look up your name. And number four, as a public service, there's no charge to make a claim. And uh, nccash.com, to tell you what your odds are, we have 10 million citizens in North Carolina we have 20 million records at nccash.com. Uh, so all of your listeners, not while they're driving, but they should all go to nccash.com, check their name, maiden, kids, parents, grandparents, church, little league, their business name. I just cut a check a few weeks ago for $1.7 million out of nccash.com. We've got a couple of more for $500,000 that are in the queue. And uh, it's just another exciting reason to listen to newsmakers because you can actually make money uh, by going to this website and uh, go to nccash.com. Uh, so anyway, go ahead. 
Well, one of the interesting things I had happened to me, I mentioned this to a relative of mine, uh, and uh, uh, she said, well, I checked it three or four years ago, and I got some money back. I said, have you checked it again? Because this goes on and on. Just because you've checked it once doesn't mean some money hasn't come in in the interim. We have taken in $230 million more this year. So you're taking in more than you're actually paying out. Yes, and as a as a the state treasurer of North Carolina, uh, I'm embarrassed to say that to you, but it, the the credit goes to the fact that our unclaimed property division called NC Cash is doing a fantastic job of monitoring this money, and you know some of it's twenty dollars and a hundred dollars, but some of it's hundreds of thousands of dollars, or in one case, one point seven million dollars, and. You know, what's happening is the technology is getting so good that we're able to chase this stuff down, especially from insurance. Well, and I think especially from insurance companies. So you get you get one insurance company claim like that. We just gave a lady two hundred thousand dollars from an old boyfriend that no one ever told her about. Been sitting there 11 years. You get a few of those in. You can see very easily how you get a quarter of a million dollars in every year. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I think needs to be stated is. This is a uh, sign of good business practice because many of these companies, uh, you know, that have this money want to pay it and they don't have an address or they don't have the current uh, ability to communicate rather than keep the money, which I guess they could. It's against the law, but they could keep it. They do turn it in. And so I think the businesses uh, that uh, and the insurance companies that that, uh, do this deserve a pat on the back for turning it into the state. Well, they do, and I, I know how far and wide the uh, uh, Curtis Media North Carolina network is. If you just punch up Bessemer or Forsyth or any of the other towns that are awake, if you just punch in a name like that, you'll just be shocked at how many school systems and EMS services and veterinarians and that have money sitting at nccash.com or just punch in. If you punch in Curtis, you're going to get, you know, reams of paper. If you punch in Falwell, we've been here 140 years, but uh, you won't come. There'll be a few names up there. So it's just fun just to go to nccash.com. Uh, you'll see a great big old button beside my, my, uh, my picture. And it says search now. And you just hit that button and you start searching. Well, I, every time I've searched or any of my companies have searched, we've always found some money. And that's interesting because obviously we always think that, uh, that it just can't be, but it, it can be. And I urge everyone listening to check it, check your relatives, check your children, check your aunts and uncles. And uh, now you can't get their money, but you can certainly tell them that their name is on the list. That's exactly right. And uh, as I said earlier, it's just another valuable reason to, um, to listen to the show and you're asking me what other kinds of issues. And, you know, in a previous segment, we talked about healthcare. We've talked about inflation. We've talked about investments. Uh, I'm very concerned with all the prosperity going on in North Carolina, you know, how we're going to actually protect ourselves from Washington DC's addiction for money. Uh, this medic, this uh, debt situation is, uh, is serious. And, Everybody focuses on the debt ceiling. The problem is the debt. 
The problem is the amount of spending they do in relation to their budget. It's a very serious issue when you when you look up uh, Don just recent in the last few years, the increase in the national debt and the increase in the interest rate on that debt, and you combine those two numbers together, it exceeds the military budget. It's a it's a serious issue, and with all the hundreds and millions and billions of dollars we have saved at the treasurer's office, especially over the last seven years, a lot of that has been simply wiped out by the increased cost of uh, school bus tires and light bulbs and paper clips and all the things that you have to buy and Jason individually and, and, and at Curtis Media. And you think about buying all that stuff as the largest business in the state, which is what the state of North Carolina is. It is the largest business in the state. So a lot of the success that we've had in North Carolina has been wiped out because of inflation and the in Washington, D.C.'s addiction for money. One of the things I've always appreciated about you, Dale, is you always worry about the smaller matters because my dad had a great saying that uh, I think we would all be wise to remember. He used to say, watch your nickels and dimes and they'll take care of your dollars. Well, and and he's ex he's exactly right. And uh, you have, he is, has been, and will be <clears throat> continually proud of you for actually, you know, implementing that strategy. And we, at the treasurer's office, as I said in the earlier segment, we focus on the, on the number one. Uh, if one person, we're in the check delivery business. If one person is getting a check that don't, doesn't deserve it, that's one too many. If one person is not getting a check that deserve it, deserve it, deserves it, that's also one too many. So these are just some of the things that we focus on uh, at the treasurer's office, and, and your dad was exactly right. And yeah, I gave the commencement address I mentioned in the earlier segment uh, a week ago tonight at Cleveland Community College, and and I told the story because I know you like people telling stories on your on this format. And I told a story of a person walking into a Taco Bell. And I know you may look at me and think he goes to Taco Bell a lot. Actually, I don't. But the person orders $100 worth of food. And the cashier says, Don, would that be for here or to go? <laughs> uh, since I don't go to the Taco Bell, I, uh, but I do understand that's a lot of food, even at the Taco Bell. And the person ordering the food says, you don't think I'm going to eat all that here, do you? And the cashier says, I don't know your life. And this commencement address I gave last week, I started with this story that they cannot look at how I was introduced as the state treasurer and the keeper of the public purse, Dale Falwell, or how that I look and how I'm dressed. They can't look at that and even pretend to know my life. And so what I did, Don, is I brought the uniform that I wore when I was 11 years old working at Cloverdale Shell. I brought the uniform that I w wore when I was a dishwasher at Mayberry's Ice Cream and Hot Dog Place in Winston. I brought the, the shirt that I wore when I loaded trucks at Coca-Cola when I was 16 years old in high school. I brought the gloves that I wore when I was a garbage collector rolling these great big orange garbage barrels uh, through Forsyth County as a garbage collector for two years. I brought the actual mechanic shirt that I wore when I was a motorcycle mechanic at United Motorcycle Sales, Honda of Winston-Salem and young Harley-Davidson of Greensboro when I was taking classes at Winston-Salem State and UNCG. 
And I brought all these shirts because I was trying to let the people out there know because they were getting their associate's degree that some of them may have had to wear shirts like that too to get to this point. And I wanted to let them know that where you start in life has no bearing on where you end up. And I was trying to send the message that once upon a time, they were I was 44 times older than they were, and now I'm only three and a half times older than they are. And if they can figure that out, I might have a job for them at the treasurer's office. <laughs> but I was trying to tell them, press on them to find the people that you're going to stand on the shoulders of. It may not be the handsomest person or the smartest person or the wealthiest person, but find those people with integrity, ability, and passion that you can stand on the shoulders of and learn from. Because one day you're going to be my age and you're going to look back and be thanking those people like I do every day. That was my message to these uh, these graduates. Uh, 896 of them at Cleveland County Community College uh, last Thursday night. And that's my message to uh, to all of your listeners today. Uh, that nowhere where you, no matter where you start in life has no bearing where you might end up. Dale, thank you so much for those words of wisdom and also for being with us and bringing us up to date on what you're doing. Program has been produced by Jason Kong, and we'll be back again next week. Same time, same station with another interesting guest. And so until next week, same time, as I said, same station. Have a good week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.